there, I'm Andrea Koppel, and it's time for coffee, the podcast where you get to hear firsthand what the jobs and careers that interest you the most are really like. Hey there, Java junkies. Welcome back to Time for Coffee. I am so glad you press play. If you're interested in journalism, both in the traditional media as well as the realm of new media, then this is the episode for you. Because my next guest is a senior editor-at-large at LinkedIn, the social network for professionals. But before I introduce you to George Anders, I have a huge favor to ask you. If you're a fan of T4C and you value the free content we're producing for you every week, I would be so grateful if you would give us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen to your favorite shows. Our mission is to help young people, those of you who are still in school and those who are already in the working world, to turn your degrees into careers you love. And trust me, as you're going to hear from our guest, you will have more than one career. I'm at the tail end of the baby boom generation, and I'm on my fourth profession, and I'm guessing it won't be my last. The only way Time for Coffee can help those of you who are struggling to find the right professional fit is if you know about us, and those reviews really help. Thanks so much. Now, my friends, it is that time. So please grab your mug and take a chug of your favorite caffeinated brew, because it's time for another caffeinated career conversation. And my guest today is George Anders a senior editor-at-large at LinkedIn, where he writes articles, helps to shape editorial strategy, and participates in new product development. George started his career as a journalist at the Wall Street Journal, where he shared in the Pulitzer Prize for national reporting. And over the years, he has written for a wide range of magazines and digital properties on topics ranging from Wall Street to the rise of the digital economy. George is also the author of five business books, including his latest, You Can Do Anything, The Surprising Power of a Useless Liberal Arts Degree, and I highly, highly recommend it. I finished reading it recently, and it is superb. His 2003 book about Hewlett-Packard, Perfect Enough, was a New York Times bestseller. George, welcome to Time for Coffee. Are you caffeinated and ready to go? Yes, I am. My coffee cup's right by me, so if I need more, I'm ready to go. Wonderful. So I want to let our listeners know if they are interested in learning more about you, what you're doing now at LinkedIn, and your incredible career, they should check out the show notes to see if our main T4C interview with you has already dropped. Okay, let us dive into the 10 espresso shots. First question, George, what entry-level jobs are available to young people who want to break into journalism? So the classic entry-level job is editorial assistant. And this runs the whole mix from clerical to the power behind the throne. You're usually paired up with a senior editor who needs some support on everything from scheduling meetings to, yes, occasionally making sure everyone has coffee. But there's also room to do a lot more, to be the outreach that if Jennifer Lopez is coming in for an interview, someone has to interface with J. Lo's publicity team. That can be an interesting way to spend a day. So that's one route. There's always demand for copy editors, people who tend to the fine-grained details of making sure that all the words are spelled right, the grammar is correct, fact-checking is done. 
And whether you're looking at a digital property or a legacy publication, copy editors are needed, sometimes on a full-time basis, sometimes on a project basis. There's also room to be a reporting extender, if you will. You may not be a full-time staff person, but you'll be on contract to provide coverage that the organization otherwise wouldn't have. And that's a great way to build up your portfolio of writing to start to get recognized, ideally within the organization that you're doing a piece a month for that then says, you're so good, we should hire you full time. But potentially also just to build up the visibility that will let you apply to other organizations and make that switch from part-time stringer to full-time staffer. Journalism has always been a profession where it's a foot in the door at first. You may not have your ideal job, but it gives you a chance to do good work, to get recognized, and then to start moving up into more and more interesting jobs. Terrific. Well, one interesting job that you have now at LinkedIn is something that didn't exist, let's say, 10, 15 years ago, perhaps even more recently, George. What are the entry-level jobs that might be available at LinkedIn to our young listeners who'd prefer to go to a network like that? So let's take a wider look at what we do at LinkedIn, because obviously we have a strong editorial team. We're more than 60 people here. But we have a big engineering team, we have a big sales team, we have a big business operations team, and we have rotational programs in all three of those that are aimed for people very early in their careers, often for fresh college graduates. And you'll come in and you'll do a series of four, six-month stints in related areas. You'll get to learn the way of the company, you'll get to try out a different projects, discover where the fit is best. So look on our site. We run job ads all the time. And if you're looking for a rotational program as a keyword, that will probably highlight what you can do that will get you into these other fields. We're growing quickly, so there are always openings. They are highly competitive. Often we'll get hundreds of people applying for a job, but someone does have to get hired and hopefully that someone is you. So let's try to help our young listeners out in terms of what, in the case of the editorial side, George, is a useful skill or skills that you look for in the young people you hire? So traditionally in journalism, you're looking for people who are strong writers, who are curious. I've done a fair amount of hiring myself, and that's the one thing I cannot teach. I can help you become a better writer. I can help you get better at your interviewing. I can't teach you how to be curious. If you're not curious, it's just probably not the right line to work for you. So that's always skill number one. Within LinkedIn, we're as eager to find people who are community builders By the very nature of the site, we're trying not just to get people to put up their own static profile or resume. We're trying to get people talking with each other, sharing tips, sharing ideas, advancing each other's professional interests. So if you're the kind of person who's formed your own clubs in college, led organizations, done volunteer work that have connected people, all of these count as pluses. We're looking for people who are connectors. Fantastic. What about someone's major? Is it a deciding factor, George, to get into, let's say, the editorial side again of LinkedIn or journalism writ large? In fact, I should say, if they haven't studied journalism communications, is it a deal breaker? It's not at all. And we're looking for some sign that you can write for a large audience. But we've hired English majors, history majors. I've worked alongside people who are computer science majors at other organizations who decided that. Rather than do tech, they would prefer to write about tech. Again, I come back to high level of curiosity, record of achievement in your field, 
But in a way, journalists are paid to learn about new areas. And if you've got that ability to learn about something new, you can demonstrate that in almost any major. Wonderful. What about a graduate school degree, George? And this is less so for young people breaking into the field of journalism, more so for those who perhaps want to work their way up on the administrative side or perhaps even on the editorial side. So I've seen people with law degrees and with MBAs come into journalism. Someone needs to sit them down and say, you're, you're making a salary decision that you probably could earn more as a king of a real estate company than you can as a journalist. But in terms of the amount of joy and fun and discovery you have in the field, I would say that a strong career in journalism is, uh, is unbeatable. So people have come in with those kinds of degrees. But in general, get practice writing, finding an audience, start with your own blog, develop your own podcast, look for ways to be a storyteller. There are cases where advanced degrees work out, but I, it's not really a prerequisite. This is very different than needing a PhD to be a professor. What we need is curiosity and high level of energy and an ability to produce good material. I remember someone saying to me years ago when I was a young journalist, this is one of those professions, unlike being a doctor, where you don't need an advanced degree to get in here. So... George, what about life experiences? Which experiences, in your opinion, outside the classroom, do you think are most useful for someone to have starting out in the field of journalism? So the most direct one is experience writing about something you care about. I had a wonderful conversation with a uh, Reed senior a while back at visiting Reed College in Portland, Oregon, and she was deeply interested in music, and she would go to festivals and chat up some of the other journalists there and find out if they were going on vacation. And if so, she'd volunteer to cover the next festivals for their publication. Sure enough, she was still in college and she had a great portfolio of work, had interviewed plenty of the stars and knew how to write discerningly about people's performance. I think it can be as simple as just sort of talking your way into opportunities. Yeah. And then getting to write about them so you can demonstrate exactly. your stuff. So George, what has been the best part for you of being a journalist? I'm always learning something new. And I have a simple little saying that I like to go to bed at night having learned something I didn't know when I woke up. And this field pretty much guarantees that. Chances to interview people who are quite prominent in their field, Warren Buffett in finance, Michael Jordan in sports. I got to shake George Bush's hand at an embassy reception one time. And he did recoil a bit from me. The sense that I was a journalist in the line alarmed him. But you live with that. Certainly as a field where you get to meet a lot of powerful people, that's kind of a given. There's also the chance to write stories for good and to highlight things that you think will make the world better. And conversely, to do cautionary tales of things that don't go well, that hopefully people won't make those mistakes. So that ability to kind of be a, a life coach to the world is very exciting. I think it's a little too early in the day there in California. It's only approaching 1030 in the morning as we do this interview today for me to ask you what you may have learned that you didn't know already today. But what about yesterday? What did you learn that was new We're yesterday? Still good for today. I mean, the, the day started with a global conference call of our editors in different areas. Uh, our Brazil team was hosting it. We had a really interesting discussion about how much we should showcase high-value posts that have typos in them or spelling errors. And we had a whole mix of opinion of let the people speak in their own voice, ranging to if they can't spell, we don't want their comments on the site, 
I won't tell you exactly how we sorted it out, but it was a really interesting conversation to be part of. I love it. So every career, every job has aspects of it that aren't fun and may even be drudgery. What is the part of your current job, George, as editor-at-large at LinkedIn that sucks the most? Well, sucks is such a strong word. I'll give you some examples of some things that I will blink my eyes and go, okay, this is why I actually do need to get paid at this job. We do our own fact-checking. It's a little bit like changing your own oil on the car. I know one says, you know, can't wait to get down and, and start adjusting all the knobs and trying not to get splattered. But I need to check and make sure I've got everyone's name spelled right, that I've got all the events happening in the right year. If people told it to me two different ways, I need to go back and make sure that we get it reconciled. It's valuable. I mean, I'll stick with the oil in the car metaphor. Your car runs a lot better with clean oil than not. Now, I've worked in a few environments where we had fact checkers, and there was a little bit of me that felt, oh, this is wonderful. I can hand this off. But there was also a sense of I need to be responsible for what goes out under my own name. To be sloppy and then rely on someone else to fix up my sloppiness feels a little bit wrong. I mean, that's a chore, but it's a necessary chore, and there's a, a sense of satisfaction when it's done. I am sure about that. George, what is the best career advice you've ever gotten? So the one that lingers in my head the longest, I was working on my first book called Merchants of Debt. It was about Wall Street. And I'd gone in to interview a very difficult-to-reach person who just generally didn't talk to the press. And we had kind of a confrontational interview for the first 40 minutes. He didn't want to give me anything more than he had to. And then at the end, he looks at me and says, make this a work of quality. You'll be glad you did. I actually typed up that phrase and pasted it next to my monitor. And it's a little imposing at times. I mean, sometimes you're just struggling. How do I get any draft done? And there is Peter Ackerman's voice hovering over me like the oracle of God or make this a work of quality. You'll be glad you did. But it is really good advice. We have a lot of power as journalists to put ideas in front of huge numbers of people, to put them out very suddenly without a lot of expectation and anticipation by people. That brings a responsibility to do it well, to be careful, to be thoughtful, to understand multiple perspectives, to write with compassion. I mean, sometimes just because you can think of something snide and snarky to say doesn't mean you have to put it in. And that does have an impact on people's lives. At the same time, if you need to be critical of things that are not going well, be critical. But I think that commitment to quality, it's not enough just to say, I got it finished somehow. You really want it to be your best. I could also see that being very intimidating (laughs) (laughs) to have that front of mind, right? Like every time you put your hands on the keyboard, you better make it your best work. Yes, yes. It can be intimidating, but then you just learn to work through it and take another sip of coffee and press on. All right. Well, speaking of coffee, we are down to our two final espresso shots, George. What movies, if any, or Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, or books, do you think accurately depict this profession? So I still like the front page, even though it's a movie that's probably 60 or 70 years old, just because it goes back to the early days of journalism when there was no television, there was no Twitter, there was no Reddit. And there's something charming about the notion of news didn't happen until it got reported in the newspaper. And of course, the the back and forth between the excitable reporters and the very disciplined, cranky editors, that is an eternal truth. And no matter whether we're using presses or the news feed to get content out, that never changes. So I guess that would be my favorite. Final espresso shot. 
What would Java junkies be surprised to learn about your profession today, George? It's always hard to imagine what other people don't know that we do. I mean, it's you know like asking the proverbial fish what's interesting about water, and sort of I don't even know I'm in water. I've been in water my whole life. I will give you one example, though. Uh, this goes back to when I was reporting in London, and I'd somehow ended up at Moscow Narodny Bank. This is in the last days of the Cold War. It was the Soviet Union Bank. And they wanted me to drink vodka with them, which was not a good idea, and then tell them who was going to win the U.S. presidential election, because there was this assumption that journalists knew much more than they put into print. And of course, in the West, it's almost the opposite. I mean, the, the big peril of journalists is shooting our mouths off, and we don't really know information. So I pranked them and gave them a U.S. outcome that was exactly opposite of what was going to happen. Took mild joy in it. The, the reason I'm sharing that story is I think there's sometimes an assumption that journalists are omniscient and that we have sort of deep insights. And we work hard. We try and know a lot. But I think there's a certain humility that's necessary that we may know 10% of what's going on in the world. We don't know 100%. What a great story. And certainly some irony considering what happened in our own election cycle in 2016. So I guess that is a fitting way to end our espresso shots. George, thank you so much for making Time for Coffee today with me and the Time for Coffee community. This was wonderful. Thank you. This was great fun. I really enjoyed the chance to work through the questions. Thanks so much for listening to Time for Coffee, where the professionals in the jobs that most interest you always have time to grab coffee 24-7, no matter where you live. I have one quick favor to ask you. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to Time for Coffee. Thanks so much.